VGRT Gaming Podcast, episode 675, recorded on February 1st, 675th edition of the TD Gaming Podcast, the 508th episode of Video Game Roundtable. I am TG Dunsu. I am Scott Dirk. And I am Jonah Falcon. The VGRT Gaming Podcast focuses on gaming news from around the industry. You know, um, this entire podcast is going to have a theme. I wonder if you already see it. Mmm, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, before we do that, uh, we're going to talk about what we've been playing. I will talk what I've been playing first. I've been playing that Vampire Survivor game. <laughs> yeah what do you and, think and it isn't what i thought it would be so here's the thing i thought it was going to be something like robotron 2084 but no it's a lot simpler than that uh basically you start with a character who has one really crappy ability to uh, attack and here's the thing the entire game you play one-handed like a visual novel you know you only, you only move around that's all you do in the entire game because all of the attacks are automated and a lot of the times they're randomized. So, you know, if you have, say, a wand, it's just going to shoot in random directions. Um, if you have the whip, at least it's going to go in one direction in front of you. But the entire point is, as you collect these blue uh, gems to give yourself experience, you keep adding on to what you can do. So it, you start out as, say, a really wimpy sorceress who's pewing out a single bolt of lightning... And after 10 minutes, you're a gigantic death machine, wiping out everything in, in, in front of you. It is unforgiving, too, if you, like, don't get a good set of equipment, because, yeah. like, the enemies become overwhelming very fast. Uh, the first time I used the uh, Sorceress, um, I managed to get a few garlics and a few... Uh, uh, and what happens is garlics basically damage people who try and get close to you. So by the time... After 20 minutes, I was just mowing everything in sight. Because I was throwing throwing birds around and books around and axes around and anybody who got too close got zonked. So yeah, it's a, it's interesting that there's like actual progression in that game because like you know you start out with figuring out what the gear is and how it works and what what it what it does and what characters do what because each of them each of the characters also has a special perk to them like having extra move extra move speed or. Being and, able to revive, revive themselves. And in once. between sessions, you can use the gold that you earn to buff up that uh, every character for the rest of the game. Like, you can move faster. Oh, by the way, I found out that uh, buffing your move um, between things, making sure you can run fast, is probably the number one thing that you should do right away. <laughs> you should be yeah. able to dodge between between columns of enemies, or else you won't last long. So yeah, speed is, is of, of primary importance in this game. I think the one that I ended up maxing out first was cooldown speed, so that my weapons were firing more frequently. Yeah. Well, um, I, I maxed weapon speed. Yeah. Um, and then you eventually get upgrades for the items to where, yeah. like, you, if, if you max out the item, each level, each item right. levels up to level 8, where, like, it, at, like, level 1 to 1 will shoot one bolt. And enemy. if you have but two, if you have eight, two, it, yeah. So also, if you have two items and you level them up, uh, they f they fuse to become a new item. Like if you get both yeah. birds, uh, I don't know how much you have to level them up, but eventually they'll fuse into something. Because I got a few new weapons that I said, oh, I just got a new weapon from combining. Of course, if you do, if you pause in the middle of it, it actually tells you what two things will fuse together if you level them up. Mm -hmm. Um. Once you've d like. At a certain point, you get a grimoire, and it tells you the certain like the fusions that you have discovered, and then yeah. the ones that like you have the implements for, but you just haven't used them yet. Yeah, I mean, some of them say uh, dagger plus question mark. <laughs> you know, um, I haven't played with all the characters yet. I've only played with the first two. Um, I'm sort of savoring it, um, and I went back to the first level because the second level I beat. You know, by going by 20 minutes, it counts as beating it. Um, right. So I went back to the first one, and it's actually harder than the second one, the library. I don't know why. Uh, the thing is, it's also hypnotic. I found myself actually starting to fall asleep a little when I'm playing. It's like, it gets hypnotic. It's like you don't, oh, oh, I better wake up. <laughs> yeah. Because 
I can't stress this enough. The only thing you do is move around, and that's it. The game does the rest. It makes me think of, like, I don't know if you could even consider it an arcade game, but it feels like something that would have been put out if, if somebody had thought out, thought of it during the, Actually, the age of arcades. the game makes me want to buy uh, the Binding of Isaac Complete Edition. Yeah? Because that, that's what it reminds me of a bit, the Binding of Isaac. It's very cool. Like, it's surprisingly deep. It's surprisingly addictive. I sat down one day, and I, I thought I was, like, going to just check it out. I know. What happens is that when you start playing a slide, he comes out, and he's doing this wimpy whip attack. And there's yeah. only a few items. And you're like, this is a piece of shit. <laughs> this game is a, what is What is all the praise coming from? I don't get it. Ten minutes later. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I sat down at 12 o'clock one day, and I was like, I'm going to see what this is about and see if it catches me. And then it was 7 o'clock, and I'm like, what happened? <laughs> it's, a, it's that kind of addictive game. Yeah. I also finished Hi-Fi Rush, and I was looking at comments and reviews, and I said, yeah, that's exactly it. The the thing that I, I, I've lashed on to with describing this game is it's the best Dreamcast game that never came out. It feels like a remastering of a Dreamcast game. Yeah, that's what I've heard, too. And, like, that's cool. I, I like that. I like... Uh... Everything about that game just seems really fun, really chipper, really well put together. A lot of people said it came out at the right time um, because all these AAA games, all these disappointments, all the you know, all this self-serious shit, and here comes out this bright, sunshiny, 2000-style uh, beat-em-up platformer that that seems to uh, marry Devil May Cry with Jet Set Radio. And, uh, you know, it just, it just, and it also looks great too. It's very bright and colorful. It's like, yeah, this is what we all needed. This is, this is the sort of game we all needed right now. And I would not be surprised if Microsoft releases on the Switch in like six months. Yeah. I would be delighted for that. I love the look of it. And, uh, it's also on PC as well. I haven't checked it out yet, but I really want to jump into it when I can. Yeah, the the soundtrack also kicks ass. My favorite uh, boss to fight is the very first one, Rekka, because she's basically a wrestler, and she bangs her fists in time to the music. Bang, bang. It's just really great. Hmm. And you also have your cat. <laughs> you have a robot cat as a friend, who all the other characters speak through, too. So it's sort of like a little speaker. Hmm. But it's 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 charming beyond belief and um i hope everybody gets to play it at some point which is why i'm glad it's on game pass yeah that uh that feels like it seems like it helped it quite a bit too by the way like speaking of uh, by the way speaking of game pass um vampire survivor is on game pass which is why i played it and after playing it for an hour i went to its game page oh it's four bucks i'll buy it oh it's dlc is two dollars i'll buy it so it didn't matter if it's on game pass i spent seven dollars for it (laughs) <laughs> to own not because uh, at some point you know it's going to leave game pass yeah now you were saying about the hi-fi oh no i was just gonna say it's such a shocker that they came out of T- uh, tango game works too and shinji mikami who has been doing horror games for like as long as i can remember really because he hasn't done all horror games yeah but he's done like almost entirely horror games he he started with resident evil 2 and uh, has been working on those games, and then and then The Evil Within and Ghostwire Tokyo, ever since like 1990. I think that would have been 99. Yeah, there's also the same guy who did Dino Crisis. Just so you, just so you remember. Mm-hmm. Oh wait, uh, he was also. I don't know if he did. He work on it. I know that he also did Beautiful Job. Um, I'm pretty sure he did Beautiful Job. Actually, he did all the Capcom 5. He did Resident Evil 4, PNO 3, Beautiful Joe, Killer 7, and Dead Phoenix. Oh my gosh, he also had a hand in uh, Phoenix Red Ace Attorney. What an amazingly talented dude. Yeah, oh, he also did God Hand, so, <laughs> so he and, did have uh, it in him. <laughs> you know, he and, he did... was a pro- and he was a producer on Steel Battalion. Yeah, I said that a couple episodes ago. They got to re-release that game with the controller, and people mm-hmm. will line up to buy it. Impressive! What an incredible, uh, what an incredible background. Yeah, we still don't know what um, his next project will be, though. I mean, you know, Ghostwire Tokyo will be released um, in March, I believe. And um, yeah, I don't think he's doing Evil Within Three. He has to be doing something else. 
By the way, did you know that um, he did the Japanese voice of Takashi in Fallout 4? No, I didn't. <laughs> and that's his only voiceover role in his entire career. <laughs> sort of like a little... Uh, and Oh, wait, no, they did buy it. Yeah, they did. Um, Bethesda did create Tango Gameworks by then. He also did Shadow of the Dam, by the way. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I get the impression this is the this is a game that Shinji Mikami was playing on the Dreamcast. <laughs> it's like yeah. <laughs> anyway. I mean, I I definitely feel like you you'd work on something for so long like horror, and I guess you can probably feel typecasted and pushed back into a corner. So I'm glad I this was probably like this was probably a breath of fresh air for everyone at Tango Gameworks to work on something that was so refreshing and different. Yeah, it's also nice to have a double A game. You know, yeah. Uh, I finished it. Um, it allows you to go through, and that activates the doors, which have I, I'm presuming special challenge missions. It has some life after com- completing the game. Anyways, what have you been playing, uh, TJ? I've been uh, still playing Grandia Two. Okay. Uh, just I'm, I'm progressing to that one. I'm just enjoying uh, playing my story uh, RPG game. Okay. How about you, TJ? What have you been playing? <laughs> yeah, um, this last week I was playing a game called Potion Craft Alchemist. Yes, I have that. I've been playing that for a very. Long. I I I, bought, I actually um, got it when it was in when it was first released in early access. Um, I hope you haven't been playing it on console and just playing it on PC because on console the from what I understand the game cam, game pad controls are terrible. I can see that because, like, I the way that it operates and the way yeah. that you move through the alchemy map, I can see where that would be complicated without a mouse and keyboard. Here's the thing: last last year's Steam Awards, even those early access, has still got nominated uh, for best uh, artistic uh, graphics. It reminds me of Pentiment. Yeah, and um, that's well, a good the thing. entire game is sort of like a woodcut feel. Because um, for those who don't know, um, basically it's sort of like a puzzle game in a way because um, you have, you pluck your, your ingredients for your potions from your backyard. Uh, you can also buy ingredients. And what you do is you put them in a mortar and pestle and you see a little, you see your thing moving towards, well, it's first question marks on these things, but then you learn quickly, which is, and that's the entire huge part of the game is finding the new recipes and, you're, you yeah, know, I, I will laugh that you find the uh, the love potion, the one that makes people horny in a field shaped like a vagina. And the potion itself has a little symbol of a vagina on it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, like to, to go into a little bit more detail. So basically you have this map and you start at the beginning of it, mm-hmm. like the mid, the very center of it. And every in, and every ingredient that you throw into the pot puts a dotted line on the map that your that your potion will follow. And some so, of these lines are really weird. Like you have curlicues and all that stuff. Yes. And some of them. And uh, and e- yeah, each ingredient perf- puts up a different line that will either go like down to the right, to the left, to the up, to the right. And or and some of them, like Jonas said, will will curve and and twist and and. There's actually a boomerang plant that makes yeah. it shape like a boomerang when you use it in the pot. And here's the thing. Um, um, so what happens is you have two options. Either you can just place the plant in and not, you know, because what happens is when you put it in the pestle, it extends you down that line. And mm-hmm. that means when you put it in the pot, when you stir it, it'll go to wherever you – and sometimes you don't want to mortar a pestle all the way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other thing is that you also – well, I don't know if you've gotten oil yet, but if you have water, what happens is is it actually moves the uh, moves the line. It shifts it. Back so towards that the center of the – Wherever map. it is, right. And um, what I found is that that's basically the only way you're able to get the level three potions because here's the thing. You can make a level one potion, and people say, yeah, okay, I can you use have it. To- you have to land the potion marker directly in the center of the uh, like. If yeah. you're on the edges of it, it gives you a level one potion. If, if you get most of it, it's level flush, two. It's yeah. level two, and if you're dead on, it gives you a level three potion, which is super strong and sells well. Well, here's the thing. Uh, level one, your your thing will say, "Well, I guess you got me what I wanted." Two, 
Oh, yeah, that's what I wanted. Uh, too bad it's not stronger. Three. Yes, perfect. Now, here's the other thing is that um, you're also yeah. able to s- scribe these things. So if you say you get a level three potion and you didn't use too many ingredients and you say, wow, I really nailed it, you can save it so that instead of having to do that shit over again, you just say, I'm just going to click on that and boom, it's ready. Yeah. You click on it and it'll take your potion icon right back to where that where that potion was on the alchemy map. Yeah. And it'll use up the ingredients automatically. And then sometimes you have to mix potions. What happens is that, say, someone wants something that has uh, strength and healing. So what happens is you move it, you go to the strength thing, you blow the burrows, and it makes the – but then you don't – you keep going. You don't take it off. You just keep going. And then you move it to the healing. You do it again. And now you have a double potion, which is part – Part uh, healing, part strength, and they will ask it. Sometimes people will say, well, you know what? I want you to make this potion, but please include gold leaf because that's my favorite ingredient. And you're not going to get penalized if you don't do it, but you just don't get a bonus. Um, You could also haggle. Now, here's the thing about haggling. You really don't want to haggle with your customers because if you haggle with your customers, you lose fame. Also, if you refuse a customer, you'll either get good points or evil points depending on what they wanted you to do. Because sometimes yeah. you want to get uh, – there's actually achievements for there's, having maximum good or maximum evil. There's people that come in and say, I would like a poison potion. Don't ask why. <laughs> you can say no. And if you give that guy a potion without any without any guff, then you get evil points. And here's the thing. Uh, no matter what, you'll lose fame, so it's sort of like balancing it. You know, Sometimes you'll just do everybody's potion because you simply want to increase your fame. Um the other things that happen is that you can level up your abilities. Mostly you want to level up your ability to – oh, getting back to haggling. But you do want to haggle with the people who are going to sell you mushrooms or, or gems. Yeah, you can cut that price in half on a lot of this yeah. stuff. And also um, you can level up your haggling ability. You start off with just a light haggling ability, which doesn't take off much, which is basically a point-and-click thing. You know, you have to hit these things. You know, you can have a conversation with this person. It's a fast little rhythm game, and if yeah. you like hit it on the rhythm, then you haggle well with them, and you get better deals. Or you get you worse miss. deals if you miss. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, every time – there are little green icons on the map. Every time you hit them, you get experience points. Uh, it's just for when your, your, your potion goes over that as you're going along. It's very interesting. I haven't discovered everything, and for the life of me, I cannot find the lockpicking uh, potion. And yeah. here's the thing. I am not going to – here – this is – Telling you how much I like this game, I am not going to any wikis at all. I'm yeah, trying to discover that really, stuff myself. This game is a really fun game to just like be creative, experiment, play around. Eventually, it's a game, but like it really gives you a lot of freedom to just fiddle. Eventually, you start having to build your alchemy alchemy machine and build these special rocks that do spe- uh, specific things. Uh, also, on the map. Uh, something we forgot to mention, there are little skulls. And if your yeah. potion brushes about too much, guess what? The potion I failed. I hate that. I hate that so very much because if, like, it's even if the edge of your potion skirts them. Like, yeah. it has to be there for long enough to drain I, the, bo- the bottle, I've, but, like... I've learned how to, how to so avoid that. Potions and missed and dropped so many good ingredients. From well, here's a question bones. for you. Have you used the uh, the gems yet? No, I haven't. I okay, haven't so I'm going to spoil this for you, and I might as well spoil it because it's not—it's actually something that the game basically hits. Um, when you use a when you when you crush a gem and use that, it allows you to go over the skulls without damaging it, without ruining the potion. That's not that's, pleasant. That's how you can get to. You'll notice some of these things are in a maze of skulls. So either you have to negotiate the maze, or you just say, "I'm going to use a gem," but. The problem is the gems are extremely expensive, and you can't grow them in your garden. You always have to deal yeah. with the dwarf. Uh, oh yeah, the there's a dwarf, there's a guy, there's a magician, and there's this uh, druid. Um, sometimes they'll say, you know, I would, I could get more of my stuff, uh, more variety if I could do, and it'll tell you something. It says, oh yeah, they want you to craft a potion for them for free. You know, and well, when you do that, it unlocks even more. Uh, you quickly learn which, um, which. Uh, 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 plants are best like there's this one mushroom that just goes straight down it just mm-hmm. goes straight down double the length of the normal plant that goes straight down it just has a bit of a curve on it and it's like yeah i'm buying those <laughs> because they save me a lot of problems because 
again, a lot of this game is management of your inventory. Because you'll find you cannot make a potion because you don't have certain plants available. And then you have yeah. to refuse that uh, that buyer, and they get pissed off, and then you lose you lose fame, you know. Yeah, so it's a very interesting management and puzzle game. Like I, I've been having a good time with it. I'm interested to see where it goes, and I'm having a lot of fun with the creativity of it. Yeah, I've taken a break from it, but um, like I said, I've played it since early access, and um, it actually came out on Game Pass. So I was like, hey, yay, it's on PC Game Pass. I'll play it and I'll get achievements for doing it. It's pleasant enough, and it also looks nice. <clears throat> so anyways, um, we're going to move on to quick news. Uh, Final Fantasy DLC coming to Power Wash Simulator, and it's following the Tomb Raider uh, DLC that's coming out on the day we're recording this episode, February 1st. Uh, there's been a lot of these for Power Wash Simulator. Um, a lot of DLC coming out. Crossover DLC. I think they had a Gears of War DLC for Power Wash Simulator, or something, something Microsoft shooter-ish. Yeah, they've uh, they've been on a fun roll lately because they just announced the 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 Tomb Raider DLC. Yeah, that's the one I was thinking of, Tomb Raider. And, um, and have you and played Power Wars this, Simulator? Uh, yeah, played I played it? the hell. I have. I've played, I've played the heck out of that game. Uh, I stopped playing after I got the final, you know, the final achievements for it. I mean, I might get back into it, but um, it's it's fine. It's it's a it's a little grindy sometimes, especially. If it's a small area and you're just trying to find that little bit that'll clean it, why the hell am I not hitting it? It's just staring at you, mostly clean, and it says, 95% done. And it's like, where is the dirt? How can I reach it? Yeah. <laughs> Even if it glows, you can't see the dirt. It's, like, annoying. I mean, if yeah. it's a big wall, you know, then you just have this big patch that you don't have to clean because it goes by percentages, so it's, like, auto-cleans. But on little teeny-weeny things like your motorcycle... It's like the, uh, give me a break. The over the old timey train was a really p- big <laughs> pain in the ass to get every nook and cranny because it's so round, and there are so many tiny little crevasses on the plat between the platform and the train and the train engine itself. Yeah, and um, uh, and getting inside the spokes of the wheels that was a pain in the ass as well. Uh, the one that really rubbed me the wrong way was the playground. Oh yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of nits and pieces, and you have to do all the ground. Oh, yeah, I've seen it. it and you have to do – and, and even worse, you have to do the uh, the uh, uh, monkey bars and stuff like that, and it's hard to see where you're supposed to be cleaning. I mean, it does show you um, a list of everything you're supposed to do. You know, what this has been done, this has been done, this has been done, this has been done. But even so, it's sort of like, okay, what the hell is the – you know, and it'll give you a term, and you're like, "Where the hell is that?" It's still fun though, because like yeah. this is the. Ever since I saw that Power Wash Simulator was published by Square Enix, I feel like this is what we were leading to: is Final Fantasy VII DLC. <laughs> <laughs> the other now thing is to, now we get to clean Cloud's bike and uh, Seventh Heaven, and there was one other place that they mentioned. I can't remember what it was, but uh, uh, but that should be really fun in of itself. Yeah. Um... Oh, that, you do have to clean a motorbike, and that is a pain in the ass, too, in, in the regular <laughs> game. Oh, yeah. But, as you know, I just, you know, say I'm going, you know, and finally I got the best available cleaner and uh, all the attachments for it. And then, you know, here's the thing that really annoys me. I just don't like having limited number, you know. Yeah, it, 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 like metal polish, you know. It's like at least allow me to buy more than one can because that metal polish goes fast. Because mm-hmm. if people don't know, you have uh, wood polish, metal polish. This is alternatives in case you want to clean it um, all-purpose all and some other stuff. It's like, just allow me to buy more, you know? Don't make it so limited. Anyways, we're going to wound to game news. Uh, go ahead, TJ. Epic kills Battle Royale game less than six months after release. That game being Rumbleverse. Uh, in August 2022... Epic Games, developers of Fortnite, custodians of the Epic Games Store, creators of the Unreal Engine, Rich as God, published a, or sorry, published a melee-based battle royale game called Rumbleverse. Five months later, the game is already being killed off. The decision to shut the game down was announced earlier today by developers of Iron Galaxy. We have an important announcement to share. On February 28, 2023, Rumbleverse servers will go offline. 
Players who have made any purchases since launch will be eligible for a refund. We thank you so much for playing. They followed up with a short statement on their company site in which they share hope that just because Epic is killing off the game doesn't mean it's dead forever. And that you may ha- you may not have seen Rebel in its final form. The server is for the game will be shut down on February 28th. This bumps me out so bad because I loved Rumbleverse. I loved that game. Of In a sea of battle royales that were kind of just like, eh, that game was a cool breath of fresh air. I loved the idea of uh, wrestling as a uh, as a center point of it. I think Epic Games has other things that they don't want to compete with, <laughs> with uh, whatever it is they're working on besides Fortnite. I will say this, you know, Microsoft, Iron Galaxy is available again. Get them to work on Killer Instinct. Yeah, or bring Rumbleverse to Game Pass. That would be nice. No, I, here's the problem is that Epic Games Zone. You know what happens. He's, he's, no matter how many people want to play it, you know, they say, no, we don't want anybody to profit from it. We're just going to shut it down. <clears throat> City of Heroes. <clears throat> yeah, and this is just like, this is the bites for this is the bites for uh, Iron Galaxy because they've worked on a few different games that have just been shut down. Like, uh, what was the one that they had? Hold on. Well, Killer um, Instinct wasn't shut down. It's not being supported that much anymore. And like I said, you know, Iron Galaxy really did a good job. I think it was on season two. They took over for somebody. So it would be nice if Microsoft said, hey, you know, Microsoft expressed this last year. You know, we'd like to work on Killer Instinct, but we don't know anybody who could work on it. Hey, Microsoft, Iron Galaxy, the people who you hired to work on it are now free again. So their last three major, like, didn't they do um, original IPs have been? Have been Rumbleverse, Extinction, and Reketeer. All flops. Oh yeah, Reketeer is fun. Yeah, but they all but they all crashed and burned and aren't around anymore. Well, no, like, Reketeer yeah. well, like, Rum- is not is, is a single player game. It's not that it's gone again anymore. Reketeer was the um uh that that racing game when she just everything's destructible. Uh, yeah. Point being, uh, it. <sighs> Oh no no I'm sorry Reketeer oh that, I know why people say you don't play it anymore it was the it was the Connect game in which it's sort of like Angry Birds except in first person yeah but like what that is to say that Rumbleverse they make a lot of their money as a port house like they're really really good at porting games over to other platforms and they've always been yeah. good at that well it's Scribblenauts and Explosion Man and Back to the Future <laughs> and all the Batman Arkham's uh, games for for PC. I really hope that they do find a place for uh, for Rumbleverse because, like, it's such a good idea to have, like, a wrestling city. Holy <laughs> shit. They, they did uh, the VR games for uh, Skyrim and Fallout. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They have a, they've done a lot of good work. But the best um, work has been Killer Instinct. I mean, they know how to make a fighter. So, come on. Aaron Galaxy. Killer Instinct. Season 4. Let's do it. You know, they also did Dive Kick. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I would love to see Rumbleverse take on New Life, though. I I hope that this isn't the end of the road for that game because it was like it had so many cool or and interesting ideas. I was oh. really bored with uh, the battle royale formula, and then that game came along and got and like I wrote it off at first, but one of my buddies was like, "You got to play this," and I gave it a try. And dang, if it's not like right up my alley in every way. Uh, you know what else they did? The original, you don't know Jack. Nice. Anyways, yeah. Um, next item. Crime site to end service on May 1st. This comes from Gamatsu. Uh, Konami will delist player versus player mystery simulation game Crime Site from Steam on February 27th and will shut out its online servers on May 1st, the company announced. Uh, Crime Site was first launched on the PC via Steam on April uh, 14th, 2022. It is an online multiplayer only game, meaning it will no longer be playable when the servers close. According to Konami, uh, thank you for playing uh, Crime Site. Actually, I'm going to I'm going to say this in a different voice. Thank you for playing Crime Site. This service has continued to operate with the support of many users since its launch in April 2022. But due to various circumstances, we have decided to terminate the service on Monday, May 1st, 2023 at midnight. Sales of bundles ended on Monday, January 30th, 2023 at midnight. Sales of standard and deluxe in Editions will end on Monday, February 20. Wait, here's the thing that really pisses me off. They're still selling this damn thing. 
with the knowledge that they're going to shut it down. Yeah, that's kind of skeezy. Although, at time left until the end of service is limited, we hope you'll enjoy it to the end. Just give it away for fucking free. No kidding. I had never heard of this game uh, until this right past my uh, my desk. And it's an interesting concept, too. I've never heard of a massively multiplayer uh, murder mystery. Yeah. I uh, I think I've seen this game a handful of times, but I never like really got into what it was about or why... Or, or what the pitch was on it. It looks Un- interesting. Unsurprisingly, uh, the reviews were very positive, but recent reviews are mostly negative. Gee, I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me think of the art in it. Makes me think of uh, what is it? The Nonary Games. Um, yeah. uh, what is the? Uh, uh, ah! Crazy. Um, Zero Time Dilemma. That's the one. Right. I don't know. It, yeah. Uh, if anybody hasn't gotten the uh, theme of uh, the games we're talking about. Yeah, every single one of these news items basically is something's getting cancelled and you can't play it anymore. Mm-hmm. Here's the here's a lesson for everybody. If you see a live service game, don't play it. It has an expiration date. It has an expiration date and you're not going to be able to enjoy it unless it's Fortnite. <laughs> that has no expiration every, date. I don't know what it is with these groups putting out these live service games just to kill them maybe three to six months later. Like... I don't understand what the trend is where, like, either they don't understand the effort that goes into live service games or they just aren't getting the return on investment that they're putting in. But it feels like we have seen a lot of live service games just (coughs) have the rug pulled out from under them in these last, I guess, year. Because, like, we were talking about uh, Deathverse, Let It Die, just a couple – a few weeks ago. And then there's Rumbleverse. And then there's this crime site game. And it feels like if you're not one of the big boys, like if you're not Fortnite. But that's just it. You Destiny can't be one of the big boys. If you're not Destiny or For- Destiny 2 or Fortnite or Apex Legends, then you might as well not bother because, like. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Okay, stop for a moment. You know what also was huge? World of Warcraft. But you don't see MMOs dropping like flies. You know, I mean, Lord of the Rings Online is still around. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons Online is still around. The you Elder know? Scrolls is getting a new expansion, like a whole bunch of new expansions throughout this year. Star Wars The Old Republic is still around. I mean, The Elder Scrolls Online is owned by Microsoft, and they're really, you know, putting a boot to it. But I'm talking about MMOs that, quote-unquote, failed. But they still hang around. Star Wars Online is as strong as ever. It's never lost and it's never gained subscribers. Well, it's free to play, but you know what I mean. Star Trek it's, Online and Neverwinter are still kicking too. Uh, Neverwinter is is actually I think it's being uh, it's being canceled. I didn't think Neverwinter Two is still going strong though. Neverwinter, well, it's a just Neverwinter the MMO. Yeah. That that one is still getting new content regularly. I mean, and those those are basically live service games. Only World of Warcraft still has a subscription service, a traditional subscription service, and even it has a free-to-play mode. It sucks, but it has it. And, you know, let's go back to Sony and them wanting to put out 10 uh, live service games from now through 2024. Really? By the way, um, Bungie's ecstatic uh, because they're moving moving, uh, Destiny 2 away from being a live service game. Have you noticed this? Yeah. Um... Wait, did you say they're moving Destiny away from being a live service yes, game? Yes, uh, they're, they're, they're removing slowly but surely a lot of the live service stuff that people don't like. It's still an online game, but they're making it less of a live service game and more like a multiplayer online game. In other words, they're going to be adding more story. They're going to have a lot less stores. You know, they're revamping it without revamping it, you know? Anyways, uh... Scott, go ahead and take the next item. Okay. Right, if you want something really skeezy, check this out. The uh, crime site one? No, yeah. Yeah, shutting down Apex Legends. All right. Uh, crime site and No, service. we did that one. Oh, Apex okay. Legends Mobile. The EA one, then? Yes. Well, there's two EA ones, but this is the one we want. EA is shutting down Apex Legends Mobile and not giving refunds. This is from The Verge. Apex Legends developer Respawn Entertainment announced the game's mobile version will shut down in all regions on May 1st, just a few weeks shy of its one-year anniversary. 
as if that wasn't enough bad news for players. It also said that once the game is gone, so are any items or extras, and they purchased an Apex Legends Mobile EA share. The news about the change is part of its quarter three financial year 2023 earnings result. Uh, a post from the company described the shutdown as a mutual decision reached with its development partner. Apex Legends Mobile was developed by Respawn and Tencent's Lightspeed and Quantum Studios, which also handles the mobile port of PUBG. Respawn post reiterates that note, note, that note, but starts by claiming, following a strong start, the content pipeline for Apex Legends Mobile has begun to fall short of that bar for quality, quantity, and cadence. What the fuck do they mean by cadence? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, mm. I guess tone. Uh, I don't know. Uh, since it launched, Apex Legends Mobile has had a reputation for adding tweaks players would have liked to see in the full game, with extra abilities for existing uh, existing players. Would, sorry, existing legends, new game modes, and a pair of mobile exclusive legends, Fade and Rhapsody. As of 4 p.m. Eastern Tuesday, you can no longer buy things with real money in the game. And the game will also be pulled from app stores. It will officially shut down at 7 p.m. Eastern on May 1st. However, EA isn't providing any refunds for real money purchases per terms of the EAA user agreement, uh, the company wrote in an FAQ. It really sucks to to have to see that, you know, and it, it lose all that stuff that you bought. Yeah, and people basically use this game as sort of like uh, a... Uh you know, coming attractions for Apex Legends. <coughs> there was content in the uh, mobile game that was built specifically for the mobile game that won't make it over to the main game because it was like, I don't know, they said it wouldn't work in the main game for some reason. Which is horseshit. I remember there was, there, was a, there was a couple of legends they said were specifically built in a way that worked well on mobile. I don't understand why, but uh, this didn't last long at all. This game actually didn't, the, between the rollout and now, Apex Legends Mobile didn't last more than a year. And, uh, I mean, yeah, we had a, a story earlier about Rumbleverse not lasting six months, but at the same time, this is this has EA behind it. And it's not like EA went to a court fight with Apple recently, so they didn't drop millions of dollars in court and legal fees. But to see... But to see EA just, like, pull the rug out from under Apex Legends Mobile after Respawn Entertainment has been kind of the crown jewel of EA's releases. Well, here's a reason why. We're going to move on to the next item, and it ties into this. Uh, EA reportedly cancels new Titanfall single-player game. This is also from The Verge. EA has canceled an unannounced single-player game set in the same universe as Titanfall and Apex Legends, according to Bloomberg. The news comes on the heels of EA's most recent earnings report on Tuesday, where it announced it would be shutting down Apex Legends Mobile, halting development on planned Battlefield Mobile game, and delaying the release of Star Wars Jedi Survivor by six weeks. The news comes on the heels of EA's most recently earnings report on Tuesday, where it announced that it would be... Uh, Respawn will still have a lot on its plate. In addition to working on Apex Legends, it's developing two more Star Wars games in addition to Jedi Survivor, and Respawn CEO Vince Appella was put in charge of the Battlefield franchise shortly after the disappointing launch of Battlefield 2042. So in this case, uh, they're pulling all the resources off the mobile games, and they're just putting it on Battlefield and Star Wars. Call of Duty... Or no, wait, that's on... I'm sorry. No, that's Activision. <laughs> I had a brain fart. I had a brain fart. That's what uh, Sony's so pissed off. By the way, we should talk. Um, Microsoft sent – I don't know if we talked about this last week. Microsoft sent out a uh, uh, a subpoena to so – I think we did talk about this. And they're basically calling them on their bluff saying, yeah, yeah, let's see how much of Call of Duty your actual business is. Also, one of the uh, heads of, uh, my, of Activision Blizzard called Sony out because the Last of Us TV series was doing really good. <laughs> I, I, I don't – I, I don't follow the logic behind that entirely, but I do remember that was a big thing this last week. Yeah. So, and it, it makes me cry because I am a huge fan of Titanfall 2. I like Titanfall, but Titanfall 2 had a great single-player game. It was yeah. a really good story. And for those who are wondering, it's five bucks. Just buy it. It's so fun. I mean, the, the multiplayer kicks ass, but the uh, it's always single- the single player is really, really, really good. To, yeah, it's always fun to see Respawn Entertainment really flex their single player chops because they are great storytellers and they do tell 
they do put together some very cool, cohesive campaigns. Did you play the Titanfall 2 single player? Yes. That last scene, trust me. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And like Star Wars Jedi, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, a lot of people really, really loved that story. I haven't played through that game, but I do know that a lot of people really enjoyed playing that journey through. By the way, getting um, back to Titanfall 2, you know, I was shocked that it wasn't... The guy who plays uh, the uh, the Titan, BZ, B, is it, I forgot his BT. name. BT. I could have sworn it was the voice actor for uh, for Optimus Prime and was shocked it was not because the actor who's doing BT sounds exactly like Optimus Prime, doesn't he? Yes. Yes, he's got that timbre and like that like sort of hollow that sort of hollow bullishness behind him. Yeah. But yeah, protect the pilot. Um but yeah, this is a bummer. I, I I would have loved to see what this game ended up looking like. I hope they I hope somebody shows off some like design documents and 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 pro, like prototype stuff someday. On the on the brighter side, um, at least you have Vincent Pella working on Battlefield, and they know how to do a shooter, obviously, because they were the ones who were doing the Call of Duty games and they were really on their top game. The, see, that's kind of the that kind of bums me out too, because the fact of the matter is. Respawn is doing so well for EA that they're kind of stretched thin, having to cover a lot of other stuff at once. At least they the quality have, control is there, though. At least we can we can say that. At least the quality control is still there. Yeah, but like maybe if Dice had done a good job with Battlefield 2042 from the get go, Vincent Pillow wouldn't have had to come in and tell them what to do about it. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be. You know, I don't think they're going to be taking resources away from from Dice. He's just going to be there over their shoulder and telling them what to do. Just as long as they get rid of that stupid Frostbite engine. They never will. You know they won't. In fact, Dead Space remake is made in the Frostbite engine. Yeah, which, but it's being made from the ground up. At least they did that. Which I guess I'll give the I'll give them this. EA EA Motive is also the other good EA studio right now. Oh, by the way, uh, Dead Space Respawn is getting rave reviews. Yes. Motive did an incredible job on that game. And uh, I don't like uh, people have talked about some stuttering on PC and PS5. I didn't run into a single moment of stuttering. Well, you're always gonna, there's, always a, there's always going to be a danger of stuttering on a PC no matter what game you play. I guess I put it I guess it's because I put it, my games in performance mode right away because oh. I would rather just enjoy it to the best of its ability. Yeah, I remember a review, and again, it mirrored my thoughts. Dead Space Remake has no business being as good as it is. It's not just, like, good. They made it better than the original in a lot of ways that I just did not expect. Yeah, but they, here's here's the thing. If they remake Dead Space 2 and Dead Space 3, they're going to be far worse than Dead Space, unless they make some major changes. I think that they can do Dead Space 2 and get away with it. I don't want to see Dead Space 3 ever again. Well, here's the thing. You know, they might probably they'll probably remove the stuff that people hated from it. You know, the live service stuff and Well, if they did Dead Space Three they would have to remove the whole game because it sucked from top to bottom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's my, that's my stance on that. Uh huh. Okay. I love Dead Space Two. I think that Dead Space Two was like the magnum opus of that series and it should have just ended there. But of course money and people like sequels, so Dead Space Three has to exist. I, you know, I would like to see if uh, Respawn is just trying to do uh, Star Wars 1313 again. I mean, here's hey. the thing. With The Mandalorian and The Boba Fett on Disney+, Plus, it would make a lot of sense for them to do Star Wars 1313. Yeah, it would. Um, yeah, I don't know if that's ever going to be... Well, never say never, I guess, to anything being revived. Um, but, yeah, Star you're Wars probably Galaxy. right. Like, <laughs> while, things are, while things are hot with, like, The Mandalorian and... and did anyone like the Boba Fett TV series? No. Or did that? Or no, did that, that was a bomb. Part? I mean, people liked The Mandalorian because it wasn't crap. And that's a very, it, it had a very low bar. I mean, every, everybody's raving about Andor, but, eh, okay. But, I hear uh, Andor is good. But Boba Fett was terrible. And one of the things they really hated was they shat all over Star Wars Clone Wars. They uh, shat all over it. That's a bummer. Here's the thing. The two actors who were playing the villains from Star Wars Clone Wars bragged that they never watched the the animated series to find out what their characters were like. They bragged about it. 
gee, I wonder why Star Wars Clone Wars hate those characters because they're nothing like their their original versions that made them interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Scott, you were saying? I didn't say anything because I haven't watched the oh, I any of that. Okay. But yeah, um, it'll be interesting to see what uh, what the next battlefield is going to be like. I don't think they're going to do it for a while. I think they're going to keep doing stuff with the current battlefield because they they literally just put new, uh, classes back in the game, um, and then they just put out new maps and readjusted some things. I I feel like Battlefield 2042 is finally at a place where it's the game it should have been a year ago. Yeah, but you'd be surprised how fast they came out Battlefield 2042 after Battlefield 5. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Anyways, last news item. Uh, Sony, Ninte- Xbox, and Nintendo reportedly skipping E3 2023. And this comes from Yahoo. Uh, Sony, Xbox, and Nintendo will reportedly be no-shows at E3 2023. You put an asterisk on that. Uh, the convention's first physical event in four years. Multiple sources have claimed that via IGN that the Big Three will not be attending the trade show this year, with uh, Xbox CEO Phil Spencer telling the publication they are supportive of E3 and the ESA while timing their showcase. There was no confirmation of Xbox's booth at the event. Here's the thing. They haven't been at the actual event in years. They've had their own little thing, uh, which is now called the Crypto.com Theater. You know, they had their own little event just off, just out. So you... It re- it's really annoying because you have to walk out and then walk across and then walk and you know instead of being under the same roof you have to do that stupid trek out to the crypto.com theater mm-hmm. uh, reasons for theirs uh, meanwhile it remains to be seen if both Nintendo or Sony will announce a showcase at around the same time as E3 not booths but showcases the reason for their supposed exit from E3 were not revealed. However, reports allege that PlayStation's exodus in 2019 stemmed from disagreements with the ESA. I can imagine what they were. Elsewhere in gaming, Sony will offer an increased supply of PS5 consoles this year. And something we did not discuss, Microsoft admitted, yeah, they're going to have to raise the price of the Xbox Series consoles for the same reason why they're firing 10,000 people, global recession, and even they need to, you know, they're, they're struggling right now as well <clears throat> in terms of making money. Or at least has enough money to satisfy their shareholders. Yeah, like, I don't think EA, or I don't think E3 is like... Here's the thing, you know what I'd like to see? I'd like to see it back, E3 of 2002, in which you had all these small developers and mid-level developers there showing off their stuff. I mean, Strategy First was there, and you didn't see all these AAA titles, and that's it. You had small independent developers there who were desperate to look at you and say, hey, check out our game. It's really, really cool. That's how Stalker first got noticed. It was right. with a, a small developer, and people said, wow, Stalker's really good. And that's how GSC World got, got noticed. I want to see this. I want to see the excitement of having small developers there. Right. And I don't think we can go back to the uh, – I think what I was trying to say before is that I don't think we can go back to the days where, like, the big three are there showing off their biggest things anymore. Because, like, Sony and Xbox and Nintendo have re- have all realized that – They don't need the to be pandemic, there. <laughs> that they can do that stuff on their Oh, own. they knew that before the pandemic. <laughs> they and, knew that before the pandemic. Remember – And I don't think – Nintendo – I don't think that spells death for E3 either, though. I I think that there's a lot of room. I think there's a lot of companies out there that will still want to be part of E3. For one, Embracer Group is sitting there with like 100 studios near its wing. Not developer, developer Digital. They'll be out there in the parking lot again. Yeah. <laughs> I but love like, that about Developer Digital. They're in their little parking lot. <laughs> like I remember Gamescom 2019 when I was there and just like, yeah, Nintendo and Xbox and PlayStation are the presence there. But there was a portion of that convention center that was just all Embracer stuff, like THQ Nordic, mm. uh, Coffee Stain Publishing, uh, the folks making Deep Rock Galactic, uh, just like all sorts of all sorts of Embracer stuff. And now they have even more stuff because they bought Crystal Dynamics and Eidos, and they buy and they bought like a hundred a hundred billion different other things over this last year. Yeah. Would it surprise you to know that Deep Rock Galactic also just joined Game Pass? Not at all. That game is excellent. But here's the thing. Uh, that game is also... That game is underplayed. It 
it's one of those games in which no one knows about and desperately needs something like Game Pass to raise its profile because not enough people play that game. It is a fantastic game. I had a, I always played, played Driller in that game, and I had an occasion where like we were drilling into a, a, a dirt bed. Maybe we should tell people what this game is. It's Left 4 Dead, except everything's destructible with dwarves. You play you play dwarves <laughs> mining uh, mining shiny rocks from uh, from bug infested planets, and your job is to get in there, mine the rocks, get the thing you need, and then get out before you get overwhelmed. Yes, and the entire level is destructible. Mm-hmm. And there was an occasion where, like, I I was digging. Like, sometimes you'll have to dig through a rock wall to uh, get to another large section of the caverns. And what I didn't realize with the digger is that, like, there was a cavern directly beneath my feet, <laughs> and I accidentally chipped a hole beneath me with the drills. But and you fell into a bunch of mug- bugs there, right? I fell like fifty feet down into a pile of insects. <laughs> And it was a sort of like uh, a cartoon there, isn't it? <laughs> occupational hazard, one might say. And the whole game is built like a cartoon like that. I know, like, but that's a, that's a cartoon scene. You know, it's like you just blink for a few seconds with all these things staring and say, oh, crap. <laughs> no. That game is hilariously fun. But, yeah, I think that, like, between groups like Embracer, I think that Square Enix will probably still want to be on board, with, especially with how much they have to show off this year. Capcom will probably be there. Yeah. Um, there's still a lot of stuff we don't know about E3, so I'm not ready to write it off anytime soon. I do think that if this year they don't stick the landing this year, then they're kind of screwed. Well, I mean, we need to go to Simulator Four now, don't we? Mm-hmm. That's, co- that's Coffee State North, though. That's that's. The... Uh, what are they doing? I mean, they don't really have anything scheduled for past 2022 right now. I mean, the last big thing they did was Valheim and Goat Simulator. That's all I can think of right now. They put the goat in Fortnite. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's true. They did that. Um, they're, they're, they're still working on uh, Satisfactory as well. They're eventually going to move that out of Early Access and launch it. Yeah. By the way, uh, Minecraft Legends and... Um, oh, what are those other games that are coming out? Uh, and Redfall... And all those other stuff that they showed at the uh, at the developer direct, there you can preload them now. Mm-hmm. So looking good. I still I'm still thinking Starfield and nothing else. <laughs> I hope it doesn't disappoint. I don't think it will, uh, but you know, you never mm-hmm. know. You never know. So, anyways. Uh, look for our show notes at GamingPodcast.net, along with industry news and our gaming history articles. We enjoy your feedback, so this comments our blog at GamingPodcast.net. Also, set us up at Facebook.com slash GamingPodcast. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Leave some iTunes comments. You can find me on Twitter at John Falcon. You can find me at Johnny Chugs. You can find me at Charter Moore. And we will see you next week, and hopefully all the news items won't be about canceling stuff. Because every single news item is about canceling. It's, it's cancel culture. <laughs> Happy gaming, everyone. Have fun. Be cool. Play games, y'all. And that's it. Bye-bye.